Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit amazon.com/prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Mikey Meatballs is producing this disaster of a show and joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds of D3, Harry, Brother Bride, Darren, the Pauly Kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? All right. What's up, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, we're just going to shut up and dribble here, right, fellas? We did. Now, people might think, why does the ringer need another NBA preview podcast? Simmons and House and Rosillo. Did 14, uh, 14 parter. I think they had an hour dedicated to um, if Anthony Davis sweats more than Andre Iguodala. I have no idea. They hit everything. But Harry, they didn't do the awards. They didn't do the Gotta awards. awards. Got to do the awards. We got the NBA channel. I understand Simmons has a vote in this, so he doesn't want to, you know, he can't. there can't be any hijinks. God forbid if they took away that. I think that vote, Bri, is the most important thing to him, that NBA MVP vote and all those. I really. Oh, it's got to be right. Right. It's got to be. He probably worked for that, you know, for 20, for 20 years. He he wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go back now. He he wrote a 75,000 page book just to get that vote (laughs) and it worked out. But anyway, all right. We do have a few other things to cover as these awards. We have the championship odds over under win totals uh, to make, to miss the playoffs, all that. Um, And PJ Carlissimo. Wow. Coaching legend. Parlay kid on. We're going to talk to him about the upcoming season. I'm going to talk Big East basketball. Is there anything better than Big East in the mid 80s, mid 90s? Uh, nothing is compared. That's why it's hard, I think, for a lot of us to sometimes get fully invested into college basketball because it was so great growing up, right? It can never almost seem like it could top it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, P- having PJ on is going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, totally brings back some memories and a great coach. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. I think um, I think one way to bring back the glory of those days is like, uh, you know, the too many one and dones. I think you should require seven years of college participation for each student uh, in pro, in basketball. And I think that's it. I don't think that's asking a lot. Probably. Kid. Then people can be really be connected to these schools. But let's get started here. NBA champs, Celtics and Bucks did a lot of wheel and dealing in the offseason. Um, Celtics end up with. Drew Holiday, the Bucks end up with Dame Lillard. And because of that, they're at the top odds wise for to win the NBA championship at plus 380. Denver oh, plus 550. You're right, Parley Kid. No, I'm sorry. Sneeze. <laughs> it's all right. Sneeze. I know. I know. It's, it's a season. I, I couldn't. I could not. Just leave that in, Michael. I could not hold that. I couldn't take it out. In. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Eight Boy, teams at 500 to one. People. Harry will be uh, <laughs> taking one of them, I'm sure. Uh, let's start this off. You know, Brian, you're going with the favorites or one of the co-favorites here at the Celtics plus 380. 
Yeah, look, I'd probably put a little bit on the Nuggets again, but I, I, I could see them being a little sluggish out of the gate. But I do love the Celtics this, this season. Like the additions of Holiday and Porzingis are just huge, right? They give this team a different dimension than they've had in years past. They can go big. They can go small. They severely upgraded the point position with probably like with Holiday, you get pretty much a better defender and a far more consistent offensive player. Now, I would say there were some concerns with how Missoula handled a bunch of games late in the season. Hopefully that was just because he's young learned from that a little bit, but you got to figure Tatum just keeps getting better. I think that going to add a piece mid season for the, for their bench. They have a lot of, a lot of things they can still give up to get something, and, you know, maybe Brown can finally dribble a basketball. So uh, give me the Celtics <laughs> oh, at, a lot. Uh, yeah. plus 380. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. That's just, that's just <laughs> Simmons will be a, just Simmons and Hench's of the world. Just be, uh, mm. <laughs> you can't really enough just take the side. No, enough, Harry. That's why you're going, Suns plus 550. You pretend to be a local there in Phoenix, so I get this. Now I got my orange on today. Look, the Sun squad, <laughs> Sal, should be a scoring machine with Booker, Beal, and KD. Solid head coach now in, in uh, Frank Vogel and other shooters they picked up in the offseason with Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon. Uh, but the biggest factor for me in this pick for the, the Suns is that they traded away former number one pick overall, DeAndre Ayton, who is so soft in the middle for Yusuf Nurkic, uh, a guy who will know his role down low. He won't get pushed around come playoff time like Aiton did versus Denver last year and the year before that. Uh, so give me the Suns at plus 550. This is going to be a fun team to watch as long as Booker, Beal, and KD can stay healthy. This is going to be one heck of a team to watch. All right. Well, at the same odds, plus 550, I am going with Jokic, who did push them around last year, and I don't know that. I just don't think it's going to change. I know this is boring and lazy to take last year's champs. I know it's tough to repeat, and everyone's gunning for you, but I still think plus 550 is a nice number, 34-7 and seven at home. You know, Jokic coming off that MVP season, even though not to get it. Uh, and as good as they were in the regular season, we saw they had a gear, right? A second gear, a third gear, 15th defensively in the regular season, and they just stepped it up, number one, in the playoffs. They also practically had no one play in that um, world cup. So they're rested. Did a nice job maneuvering deals. Jokic and Murray still young, 28 and 26 Porter and Gordon are under contract. They lose Jeff green and Bruce Brown. I don't think that's going to hurt them too much. Um, I don't just, I just don't think anyone's going to stop a healthy Jokic when it comes down to it. And it'll be easier for them to get by the West. Now, then when they get to the finals, it'll be a uh, different uh, story. Mike Malone's going to have his team prepared again, barring injury plus 550. Looks sweet heading into April. Parlay Kid taking a little uh, bigger swing here. I think Simmons said he liked this one as well. Well, I like what all of you were saying. And uh, just to go off uh, uh, a, a team that really should surprise nobody that I would go with the Warriors, but at 14 to 1, when was the last time we saw the Golden State Warriors at 14 to 1? It's been a while, but yet, Sal, they still have that championship pedigree. And their best players are still on top of their game, especially this year if, if Curry can stay on the floor more, if Green can stay on the floor more. Uh, Curry led the league, and him and Clay were the top two three-point shooters uh, in the game last year. What's That's not a surprise. Uh, Wiggins is entering his prime. And you know what? I wouldn't like Chris Paul on any other team but this team. I think he actually fits this team very well if something does happen to Curry. Uh, Curry doesn't have to be the primary ball handler all the time. Maybe they're on the floor together. Uh, maybe losing pool, a little addition by subtraction, just for the fact that I didn't think 
Poole was meshing very well with some of the players here. I think the Warriors are primed for a last run or two that they might still have left. Don't forget maybe Jonathan Kaminga emerging as a big-time player could really make the difference for this Warriors team. And here's another thing, Sal. I don't really think for this team, like home court may mean they could get a sixth seed and still win the whole thing. I'm not sure how much that would mean to them. Obviously, the higher the, the seed, the better. But I think they can make a run in the playoffs have a solid regular season. Let's take the Warriors at 14 to one. All right. I like that, uh, especially at that number. And you're right. It wasn't five years ago that they won the championship. It was just a couple, right? And so, yeah, they had to separate that Jordan Poole, Draymond Green thing. That was bad. And so if these guys stay healthy and you're right, uh, Chris Paul could be a nice piece. 14 to one is uh, a good one heading into April. All right. Over under win totals. I mean, FanDuel has it all. I mean, obviously have these over under win totals. You could still get value in some of these. And I think Dallas under 43 and a half wins at minus 108 shows some good value. I, first of all, this might be a grudge bet, Bry, because I hate what they did to me last year. I had a lot of loot on them to make the playoffs and then they quit. Well, they quit on the season. They literally backed out of the running for the play-in tournament, which, by the way, a team made it to the finals from the play-in tournament, right, with the with Miami. So uh, thanks for that, Mark Cuban. And then he gets the extra ping pong ball and blows up the Knicks pick, right? And so that sucks. So I think, I don't know, maybe there's a little karma in this pick. They get Grant Williams. Eh, they were 25th in defense. I think they expect help from them. There are better guards all over the place to exploit their defensive weaknesses. And, you know, uh, I think you think Kyrie's going to make this with one team two years in a row like that? Like, I don't care that he signed a year three-year deal. Doesn't really matter. Five and eleven. This team is when Luca and Kyrie play together. Uh, they went from fifty-two wins to thirty-eight wins, and now they're supposed to improve six games. I know they lo- they gave up in the last couple of weeks, but that's a pretty good big jump from thirty-eight to forty-three and a half. Um, you know, they have seven or eight players who become free agents next year. I don't think. I think Cuban pulls the plug again uh, if it gets close. So why would I bet over forty-three and a half? I'm going under here. Uh, I feel like we're uh, a lot of us are in the West. Harry, you, you're going with a similar number, the Kings, but over here. Yeah, I'm going to go over 44 and a half, Sal, at even money. I, I kind of I love this bet. I don't understand uh, the number and that, that it's minus 120 for the uh, uh, for the under. Sacramento's a team on the rise. They won 48 games last year. They won the Pacific by three games with a three seed in the playoffs last year. And they averaged 121 points per game. That was the most in the league. Most of their team is back. Uh, they're led by all-stars Fox and Sabonis. Malik Monk continues to get better every year. And I expect a huge year out of second-year player Keegan Murray. I love the Kings over 44 and a half this year. They, I mean, obviously their regular season run was fantastic, but everybody knew what was going to happen come playoff time, right? So, but that's not, this is not a playoff bet. Why? You're right. Why can't they get to 45 again? All right, Bri, this is the one that uh, everyone made fun of Joe House for because I think he's the only one in the country who has the Wizards over 24 and a half. You're going under. There's a little bit of a yeah, ju- why would juice you- attached. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, under un, under 24 and a half is minus 132. I don't know why you take this over. They definitely have a shot at being the worst team in the league. And the East is tough. And almost every team in the East, almost every one of them got better this year. The bottom teams like Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando are going to be better. And even the Magic, right? They're going to be pushing potentially for a playoff spot. Like, I don't mind Jones as the point guard, but I am definitely not a fan of Jordan Poole. He might put up some good numbers, but in general, you know, I'm sure his shooting is going to be terrible. And against, you know, he's going to be facing these tough teams in the East. 
they're throwing the rookie Koulibaly out there who who maybe eventually could be good, but not not early on, not night in, night out. I mean, I think this, I don't know. I think there's pushing for the worst record in the East and and maybe the league potentially. And I thought 24 and a half was kind of way too high. If they can't beat Charlotte and Orlando in their division, then then they're in trouble. They're going to have a lot of weeks where they have zero or one wins, right? Right. If you go yeah. from Sunday to Saturday, you look at the schedule. So, all right. Uh, Parley kid, your Knicks uh, dispatched, uh, disposed of the Cavs in the playoffs. Uh, you think this team's a little bit of a farce under 50 and a half. 50 and a half does seem high for this uh, Cleveland team. Yeah, look, they won 51 games last year, Sal. But mm-hmm. uh, winning 50 games in the NBA is hard these days. Only six teams accomplished it, and the Cavs did it with 51. So I'm taking the under 50 and a half at minus 106. The Cavs are no doubt a talented team, but they got a little bit exposed by the Knicks in the in the playoffs last year. They're a weak rebounding team, especially when you look at the front court that they have. You would think they'd be a little bit better, but they're a little bit soft in that area. Did really nothing to improve on it. Uh, really the same team back. All right, you got Max Struess uh, in the fold, but I'm not really sure uh, they really needed that type of player in free agency. I think a lot of the East, as Brother Bry just said, got better. I think the Cavs are still a top four, five, six type of seed here, but winning 50 games is real tough. I'm just going to say they go slightly under this. Take the under 50 and a half at minus 106 on the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, there you go. So, you know, we we could do this like there's over-under wins. We may have beat this to death. And I go back and forth between over-under wins and to make or miss the playoffs, which is the better odds, right? So if a team has about their over-under is 41, well, okay, if I like it under, is it better just to make them take them to not make the playoffs? Anyway, that's a long way of saying I'm going with the Clippers to not make the playoffs at plus 190. I just feel like with the Pelicans, the West is so deep and you have the Pelicans and the T-Wolves and the Thunder. One of those teams could easily jump them. They finished sixth last year uh, with just got in the top six with 44 wins. I guess they were tied for uh, fifth and sixth. But if they're going to be around the play-in area, why don't we like them two to one to not make the playoffs? Like, you know, and I don't want to see anyone get injured, Mm -hmm. but facts are facts. George played 56 games. Kawhi played 50. They don't play together. How many games, Brian, would they play together? If you had to say over under 35 and a half this season. Yeah. 35. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's exactly where I put the number. I can't believe I played 50 games last year. Doesn't it seem like you played 10? I I don't know. I don't know where I got that number from, but I did write it down. But yeah, I mean, they're, and they're old too. George Leonard, Russ Plumlee, uh, uh, Tom, you know, Powell Covington, all over 30 years old. So no at plus one ninety. Bri, I think you and the parlay kid also, we're going to be battling each other here because I think we have the same reasoning for these teams that are 8th, ninth, 10th, right in there in the West. So, Bri, lead us with the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm taking the Pelicans not to make two at plus 134. I actually think two of the three of our bets, I think, can make it here. Mm-hmm. And, and I look, I don't I don't know what this Pelicans team like can Zion really seriously, though. Can this guy stay healthy? Like from what we've seen, nothing says he will. They trot out the same roster we saw last year and they didn't make the playoffs last year. I have Denver and OKC in the Northwest making it at least those two making it. I have four, possibly five in the Pacific making it. And then Memphis. And then I I don't know. I can't see me. I, I know you're going under on, on Dallas. I can't really see Luca missing the playoffs again. So I think. I play, Pelicans are going to be solid, but I think it's going to be tough for them unless they're mm-hmm. completely healthy the whole year. So plus 134, yeah. I thought was good. 
Dallas could go under and still make the playoffs. So 43 and yeah, a half. I mean, 42, a, not, yeah, 41, yeah, 42. Yeah, 41, could make it if you get the play in. And yeah. Uh, Polly Kid, you have the T Wolves do not make it. T Wolves, it's amazing how we're all kind of in on this conference. Right. Um, T Wolves to not make the playoffs at plus 138. Uh, 42 win team last year. Uh, when Gobert and Towns, you would think the big two played together that they would have been dynamite, but they were 14 and 13 with those two on the court together. Uh, they don't, they didn't really seem to mesh at all. I feel like this team is just not built right. I have several teams and I want to list them all here, but I literally have like nine, 10 teams above them in this Western division this year with the ascent of, of course, like the teams like, like I think the Pelicans will make, take a step. The Thunder, I think are a very, very good team. And I'll still say the Clips and Lakers still have uh, the veteran potential to be better than this Wolves team who have players who are very good uh, individual players. But I'm not sure how this team is going to continue to gel together, uh, especially since when they made that trade with the Lakers. I don't like them losing a glue guy like Vanderbilt like they did last year. I'm not sure if this team uh, has it, will have it in them to make the playoffs this year. So it's I'm a no for the T-Wolves at plus 138. All right, Harry, you're going uh, staying in the Eastern Conference. Pacers, yes, to make it. Yeah, at plus 124. Look, uh, this Pacer team last year had no problem scoring. They were actually fourth in the Eastern Conference in points scored per game. Obviously, their issue was defense. They may have fixed that by getting free agent Bruce Brown from the Nuggets. He's going to help out tremendously. Indiana's other four starters, Halliburton, Turner, Matherin, and Heald, all averaged at least 17 points per game last year. Pacers make a big leap, get anywhere from the sixth to the eighth spot in the East. They make the playoffs at plus 124. All right. So that's our to make miss playoffs bet. We will be back with our uh, individual player props here. Uh, MVP, rookie of the year. What else? Most improved. We have miscellaneous props. When we retire, I, I already think this is better and more informative than uh, the Simmons podcast. I got to be honest with you. That's no completely, un- completely unbiased. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, MVP award. This is uh, always fun because they start talking about who should win this. Uh, 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 like the, I don't know, like the third possession of the first game in the NBA, <laughs> and then all the way until June or whenever. Uh, Embiid, Joel Embiid won it last year. Uh, this year, Jokic favored at plus four thirty, Luca plus five fifty, and Giannis six to one. Those are the top three. This year's different because, and for all these awards, there's a sixty-five game threshold. So, Bri, you get to miss 65 games? That doesn't seem like a lot, but, oh, no, you have to play 65. I see. Okay. All right. I don't know. I think that'll change uh, as it goes on. Um, I'm going to take Giannis here. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think six to one odds is pretty good. If you have him and he's not injured, obviously that's the case for all these bets. And you get late in the season. I don't think, I think you're going to see him at like plus 283 to one if he's that far along. 
It's about votes. Uh, he had 606 votes last year. He had 12 first place votes. He was one of three players to get a first place vote. Um, Jokic, obviously Embiid were the other two. I think I don't think Dame hurts him. In fact, Holiday for Lillard is defense for offense, and I think Giannis is going to be asked to do more on defense, and his numbers will pop as a result. Um, again, he's going to be in the top three names. Six to one is good. He's now gone three years without winning an MVP. And so six to one, I'm taking Giannis. Uh, Brian, you're going Jokic the favorite at plus 430. Yeah, plus 430. Look, it may be boring. Uh, Parley Kid and I were talking about maybe Gilgis Alexander if you want like a flyer on somebody who could have a really good year. But look, voters last year were just bored by Jokic, right? And, and I, then I think in the playoffs, right? I think everybody realized like, oh shit, this guy is the best player in the NBA, right? Right now, right? Right now. And I, I think, look, as long as this guy is in pretty good shape and he didn't party too much in the off season, I know we saw some videos of him partying a lot and not doing a lot of basketball, but as long as he's in decent, decent shape, I think this team isn't, I think they're still going to win 55, 55 plus games. I mean, this is, a, this is a, great starting five for this team. So I think Jokic, again, we just saw how efficient this guy was and his number, his numbers are always going to be there in the end. And I think this year you, you can't, you can't take it for granted from prior years. So I think Jokic at plus four thirty is the play for me. Yeah. I don't think there's voted for, t- I mean, he got all the votes for the postseason awards, right? For the MVP, the yeah. NBA finals and people, of course, is going to get it. Who else is, but yeah, it, it's just weird. I know some voters are just stuck and they're like, Giannis, I don't care. He's the best player. And as long as he's in there, uh, we're going to give him the vote. Or and they might might think the same for Jokic. That's why it was a little weird that Embiid snuck in there, even though he had great numbers. All right, Parley Kid, you have Tatum here. And I know, Sim, I mean, just every year, it's like they'll go on a, a, a three-week stretch to Celtics where they don't lose a game. And it's like, Tatum, Tatum, sneaky pick for MVP. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. But plus 750, nice odds going in. Yeah, and he's not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Uh, 25-year-old uh, Tatum here. So, I mean, his numbers were fantastic last year. 30, 8.8, and 4.6. I mean, he's almost that's almost a 39-5 and five type of player. He was fourth in the MVP voting last year. And there are many of us, uh, our friend Lil A included, big basketball junkie, uh, who thinks the Celtics are – by far the uh, far and away the best team in basketball this year. Uh, and look, here's the thing about Tatum too. He has played in 93% of, of his games that he could have played in, in his career. He's always on the floor, Mr. Consistent in that respect as well. And like you said about Giannis, I think the better roster only helps Tatum here uh, to try to maybe secure this award. Maybe the points go down a fraction, uh, but the other stuff may go up. He's a terrific all-around player entering the prime of his career. Let's take Tatum at plus 750 for MVP. All right. Uh, Harry, Devin Booker, again, a little home cooking here for you in Phoenix, but 19-1 to is a is very high number for, for a player like him. Yeah, uh, the second straight year, Sal, I'm taking Booker. He's in my MVP. Maybe the voters this year will give him the respect that he hasn't really received in what he's done for the for the Suns, I think the Suns team could win sixty games. They could probably, they could very possibly win the most games during the regular season. He averaged twenty seven five and six last year. Uh, it's twenty seven points per game was his most of his career. His six assists a game was his most since two thousand twenty. KD and Beal should make him even better. Book it, baby, nineteen to one on Booker. See, it's interesting because the voters. 
you know, I, I just feel like they like who they like. You know, it's going to be the same three or four guys. So if a guy like Booker who doesn't get any votes ever, I don't even know what he would have to do. Like if you say they're a sick, they're a one seed and they win like almost mm. 60 games, but I'm pretty sure probably could the past three MVPs have been a third seed or lower. Right. It was, uh, it was Embiid last year and then Jokic the two years before. I think Denver was a three seed or lower. So I don't know. I just kind of feel like they'd like their guys and and that's it. It's not going to change. Well, I think I also think Harry went with the same pick last year for MVP. Um, yeah, this is something if it goes up. down like from 40, I think it was like 45 to one. It went down to 38 to yeah. one and we got 40 texts about it. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. He's not, still not gonna win. Now he's 19. He was 45. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the reverse this year. It's going to be 19 to one. He's going to go up to 40 to one in about two months. But I just like all the guys above him that get votes every year, they would all have to kind of crap out before. I don't know. I don't, yeah, when, or, and or, maybe, got, maybe the Suns team starts out 14 and one in their first 15 and he's averaging 30 something. I know. Yeah, that's what, uh, like that's what said, you got to hope, right? Seeds, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. they're I'm just beating sure. up teams, and Booker gets Booker's right. probably got to average thirty a game, though. He's got to get right. that number to thirty, I think, to win it. Based For on sure. what we've seen, yeah, and he has to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, mm. All right, rookie of the year. We hit this in what May, and you know, shame on you for not writing it down. But we'll remind everybody um, who we had. Actually, the numbers have changed because everybody's going crazy about Wemby. Oh, highlight after highlight, minus 145 to win mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Chet Holmgren, plus 380, and Scoot Henderson, 5-1. to one. Those are the top three. Brian, give us Wemby. You are, you are seduced by these highlights. Oh, the highlights are phenomenal, right? And I, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of why he's going to win, right? I mean, every, every night, there's going to be three or four crazy highlights, things you've never seen before. I mean, of course, look, I, I think this bet, this bet is all honestly like, can this guy play 65 games? Like I'm, I am, I will say I'm nervous of this guy just shattering his legs. Uh, but you know, I do love Chet too. I just think Wemby every night he's going to have a crazy stat line. There's going to be some games he gets, you know, there, there's going to be one or two games. He gets like eight to 10 blocks, maybe more, you know, some crazy dunks, some crazy, you know, fadeaway threes. So he's going to be in the limelight all season long. So I, I, I loved this bet when it was like even not too long ago. And now it's uh minus minus one forty five. I think after the last week of highlights we saw. Harry, you have anything to add? I think you got him at plus 110. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those those highlights against, like, the Warriors, they were amazing. Hitting jumpers from 27 feet away, and the blocks are, like, back in the day when we all used to play hoops and everything, like like when I used to swat Darren. Like, oh, it was wow. Just like, I didn't even think of that. Like, it was like that. It was like that. It was like 30 years ago when I used to swat That's Darren. That's crazy. Now, behind, now but, I remember uh, that, now that you brought it up. You know, remember that? But, you know, <laughs> seven foot four, tremendous wingspan. And remember, a couple of years ago, I won uh, – uh, this award in uh, with when I gave out at plus nine fifty the Cavs Evan Mobley. Oh, that's right, Parley kid. You remember the seven foot four wingspan of Harry intimidating you? Talking about the rookie of the year puck he gave out two years ago. That's very <laughs> exciting. It won. You got to go back to that to find a winner. I mean, come on, buddy. Like, no, I was just that? saying that I won that award. He's like, locked won into this award. This award. Of the year. So when he tells oh. you the the heavy favorite is going to win, you should listen to him this year. Uh, well, who doesn't, doesn't like worry about me blocking you? That's yeah. all. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with Holmgren. Probably this is dumb to take Chet Holmgren with my reasoning that I don't think, uh, not that I don't think, but Brian, I think if Brian is right, that you're saying Wemby might not be able to make the 65. So, all right, why would the same case not be different for Chet Holmgren? Uh, I just don't think there's value in Wemby right now, like Zion a couple of years ago, right? Um, 
he's plus 380 plus up from plus 320 because everyone's betting Wembyama now uh, out all of last season, obviously the foot injury. I do think he's going to get some playing time. I got a lot of young guys on that roster, Dort, Giddy, uh, Isaiah Joe, Jalen Williams. Um, so he exceeded expectations in the summer league and all of preseason. Keep those Wemby highlights coming. I, uh, you know, I think if Holmgren makes it to the end, he's a good bet at plus 380. Going to get a lot of minutes. If he can average like 16, 7 and close to three blocks, I think he's in contention. Paul, kid, you're taking a long shot here. Well, look, I love Wemby. I love the two. Yeah, obviously, you just should really go with your two picks here, but I didn't want to. I want to give a little something different here. I think a bit, bit of a sleeper pick, Amen Thompson mm-hmm. uh, on the Rockets. At I'm seeing him. I, I, you could give me maybe some updated odds. I, I thought I saw him at fifty to one, then I saw him at thirty-five to one. So I don't know where he's falling right now. But you're he's still going to get one hundred and eighty to one now. No, he's at, no, he's fifty. He's fifty. To <laughs> he's, one. Yeah. he's fifty to one. That's even more fantastic. I love it. Great explosiveness, capable of filling the stat sheet with, uh, you know, different. Uh, he's a very well-rounded young player. Already might be considered defensively elite, and I think the the uh, metric guys who go by some of that stuff uh, that could factor in. Uh, 19, seven, four, and two in his last preseason game. That could be a stat line we get used to with this young kid. He's a bat. This kid's a basketball junkie too. He loves to compete. He loves to play basketball. He's a high IQ basketball player. I think I'll throw a flyer out on this kid because I think he's also on a team where he can flourish uh, as a young player too. I think we see him get a lot of minutes. Amen. Thompson 50 to one rookie of the year. Nice. Uh, no Grady Dick takers plus one ten, uh, plus uh, one hundred and ten to one rather. Right? No, no Grady Dick. I'm sure there's some Harry joke in there or something. Go ahead. Yeah, no something doubt. There. Where's Joel? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to most improved. We like this because it's usually wide open, right? With most improved, who knows? I also like it because uh, I have to go Zion three years in a row. That's not going to be my official pick, but he's sixty to one. <laughs> Unfortunately, highlights of him dunking before game don't figure into the voting, I guess. I and mean, there's a lot of those where he doesn't a game that he's not playing in, but he's dunking in pregame uh, warmup. So not going to work for me. Um, Mikhail Bridges, 10 to one Tyrese Maxey, 11 to one Jordan pool, 12 to one marking in Laurie marking in one 55 to one. He was probably last year yeah. and he won. Right. Yeah. Yep. And before that it was uh John Morant. It was Randall and Ingram. So, um, we had fun with Brunson last year. Probably kid, did you have Brunson and then he was favored or did Joel have Brunson? We were trying to figure it out. Did Joel give out Brunson and then he was favored for a, 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 a couple of weeks, but it was like someone had him like 15. I think or Joel, something. I think yeah. Joel, you know, I was on Brunson from the beginning of the year. Of I think some point Joel gave him out. Right. Uh, for that. He, he had, probably could have won he was, last year. Yeah. He was the favorite for a while. Um, I'm going to go with Austin Reeves, one of the stars of the FIBA World Cup team in Philippines. He averaged 14-3, two in a block. Uh, playoff numbers, solid last year. 17 points a game, 4.6 assists, four and a half rebounds. It's a catalyst for that uh, Lakers, you know, surprising run that they had. And I think he's now expected to take on more of a, a point guard Roll, bring the ball up the court. You know, LeBron feel like he's. I think LeBron is like, you know, basically dishing out some responsibilities here. Uh, I like Reeves at eighteen and one. I think that's a good number. 
And you could see him on Jimmy Kimmel Live this Wednesday shooting pumpkins into a hoop to kick off the season. So mm. uh, 18-1, to Austin Reeves. Harry, what you got? Uh, I'm going to take Darren's guy. He likes this guy a lot uh, and props last year. He did Tyrese Maxey of the Sixers at 11 to one. Uh, this is fourth season in Philadelphia. Uh, he turns 23 next week. He's gone from eight points per game to 17 to 20 last year. He shoots 48% uh, from the field in his career. He plays a much bigger role with the Sixers this year. I like him at 11 to one. All right, brother Bry. Yeah, I, I like Harry's there. I think if he could get up to close to, tw- I think he probably has to get 24, 25 a game and, mm. and and play a lead role in there. But I guess the problem is it just depends so much on Harden. Um, who knows so, Harden, right? Yeah, who knows? But I do, I will say, Sal, I do like a lot of the guys in like the 20 to 40 range. So I probably would lean to some of those guys that, that you know, because th- this is the bet. This is the one bet. Maybe six man a little bit. Sometimes you could some value, but this is the bet you get the best odds. So I was looking at Evan Mobley at 26 to one. I thought that was high. This is the guy certainly can take a much bigger leap this year. You know, if he, he, again, just talking numbers, if he could get 20 points per game over 10 rebounds per per game and get close, you know, last year he finished third in that defensive player of the year. So if he gets that, I think he should be right there. And, And my thought is after last year's showing against the Knicks, I would assume he hit the gym a lot more this year, probably motivated himself a lot after that uh, terrible showing he had. So I thought 26 to one was good for, or too good to to pass up here for Mobley. Well, Harry took him for rookie of the year. And then uh, <laughs> I mean, it made sense that he stopped hitting the gym. So now he's back at the gym. That could be good. Uh, all right. Yeah. Brian, you're absolutely right. Like MVP for the most part, not going to get a guy in the 20 to one range to win it. All these others rookie of the year. Sorry, parlay kid, but for the most part, you don't get, you know, you get it's between three or four players. Even even the assists per game, rebounds per game, the, the guys aren't going to come out of nowhere. But this is the one where you could take a couple, do it like roulette, Harry, right? Put a few uh few trinkets on a number of these um bets double in zero. The 25. There is double yeah, zero. Double zero. All right, parlay kid, you're going a little less than uh 20 to one here, but Simon's 14 to one, also good, capable. Yeah, and Freddie Simons of the Portland Trailblazers, Sally, has a chance to establish himself uh, as a star this season with the Lillard departure. It's his team now, right? But he's still only 24, but it's his team. He has some other young talent around him. Averaged 21 points a game last year. He's made a big leap as it is, but this is in this type of season, he might just get up to 27, 28 points per game. Portland could surprise some people. I think they'll be they'll be ultra competitive. Obviously, in that tough West, they're not going to probably win more than 30 games. But if they do or come close to that, I think this could generate some buzz. He's a highlight real machine. Let's take Anthony Simons, uh, most improved, 14 to 1. All right, let's keep it going. They have player props. You could lead in three point average, three point, uh, sorry, rebound average, assist point game. Everything's an average because they don't want to count on guys playing, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't know why, Brian, why don't they just do like, like hits in the national league? It's not hits per game, right? It's how many hit you can bet oh, on yeah, how they, many hits somebody has. Why yeah. can't you bet? Yeah, you can do many, totals. You can do yeah, totals. Steph Curry what? to have the most yeah, give, three points. Give us, I don't understand. Give us both options. Both options. Yeah, well. yeah. We <laughs> like options here. Uh, assist point per game. The parlay kid and I are uh, tackling this category. Tyrese Halliburton is favored at plus two ten. Harden won it last year with ten point seven assists. Uh, I'm going Jokic at plus seven fifty. He was fourth. 
But if Harden doesn't make it a full year, and he may not, I think this is a good number, uh, bunched up category at top, hovering around 8, 7.9, and then 8.3. Then he shot up to 9.8 last year. So I think he could be an even more unselfish player in 23-24. I like that at 750, but probably kid Halliburton, uh, what do you get him at, plus 280 now? Plus 280 here, Sal, to be the assist leader. Boy, Harry mentioned uh, the Pacers before. One guy he forgot to mention in this equation was Obi Toppin, oh. who has joined. Yeah, and, and he's good probably for he, like two, outlet, for you know, two dunks a game on long passes from Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, this is a team that's going to run the floor a lot. They're going to score a lot. Halliburton averaged ten point four, uh, which would have put him in like basically second behind Harden, like you just said, Sal. Um, I, you know, we could see Harden missing time or just finally having a year where he's just on the decline. Uh, and Halliburton is on the rise. The guy's an assist machine and especially playing with this Pacers offense right now. Let's take him to lead the league in assists at plus 280. All right. Harry, tell, talk to us about steals per game. You're going Jimmy Buckets, who I think is the second favorite of plus 340, right? Plus 340, Sal. Fantastic player, as we know, but I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for his defense. Miami gave up the second least points per game last year. A ton of that is because of the defense Butler brings to this team. He was tied for second in steals per game last year in 2021. He led the league, and since 2016, he's been in the top 10 at the end of the season in steals per game every year except one. Butler at plus three. It is very bunched right there. It's like 1.9 for the Raptors, Ananobe, and then 1.8, a bunch of 1.8s and sixes. Yeah, it gets uh, really tight in that category. All right, Bri, Wemby blocks. This is what this is such a square pick, Bri. I, I know. Look, I, heard, I was listening to the guest of the lines, and that was the first thing <laughs> I heard. I, I was like, uh, Parley Kim and I were talking about this yesterday, before at least he mentioned it. But yeah, I don't right. know. That, that could be bad. That could be, I don't know if this is bad news. Seems like everybody's all of a sudden jumping on this. You get uh, four yeah, to one for this. Uh, oh no! Now it's plus three, plus three forty. Now you better, yeah, you better it's spit it minus out. Minus one twenty before. By <laughs> He's the time tied we with get Jaron Jackson <laughs> at the top, the plus three forty. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it it is pretty nuts. And I was saying before, the blocks leader, you're probably only getting five, six guys, maybe a seventh guy in there. Uh, but there, like I said before, there's going to be some games that this guy has seven, eight, potentially. But who knows? Maybe this guy could, uh, you know, have ten blocks, a triple double with ten blocks. It's very very possible. I could see that, but he's, he's going to be going, I think Jackson, I think, and Kessler is his biggest competition. I think this year with the outside shot of, of Chet, maybe jumping in the mix there too, but it's a really fun bet to follow. And I think this guy's, I think he's going to block at least two and a half shots per game without even trying. So I, you know, I, the way how active this guy is and it's seeing how freakishly long his arms are. It's, it's really, it's really something. Um, I mean, I, I could easily see, you know, I mean, if you're approaching three and a half, that's crazy levels compared to what we've seen recently, but it's certainly well, possible. Yeah. Three won it last year, right? Jaron Jackson yeah. had three. And I then mean, two is one at some years too. Yeah. Yeah. Two only seven, yeah, only like five players are above two at this yeah. point. I was thinking, is uh, Anthony Davis just not at all in the running because of the threshold? And we think that these awards, uh, not that they're awards, but 55 games is, is, 
for this one, 65 well, is for the, the actual Well, the problem with AD is when he, when he falls down at the beginning of the game, that's still, kind of, you know, <laughs> if he gets none in a block because he's out after the first two minutes right, of the game, right, that's right. going to hurt him. That's going to hurt him. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wemby, uh, yeah, went down from four to one. It was much higher than that even last week. And now plus 340 uh, co-favorites with Jackson. All right, let's give one more out of either coach of the year, sixth man, defensive or clutch. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Donovan Mitchell at 17 to one for clutch. I asked for clarification from Simmons. He's really not sure. He said to his credit, he's like, I don't know. I'm voting on this, but I don't even know what the hell this award is. But uh, <laughs> So you get, you get points, you get points for clutch performances, which is basically shots made in the last five minute of, of a game that's one possession or seven points or fewer or something. I probably should have had this at the, uh, at the ready, but anyway, Lillard is favored at 10 to one. Uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, 10 to one and Luca at 12 to one. I'm going to go Donovan Mitchell, 17 to one. De'Aaron Fox won this last year with 460 points and then points slash votes. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous, but I like it because it's that stupid. Mitchell was sixth in the vote last year. Wasn't as clutch as usual, but his team was involved in 45 games that put him eligible for this award. So if he just shoots a little better, if he shoots on pace, you know, or normal pace, he's going to be like in a bunch of hotly contested NBA contests. So it should be about the same. He ranked fifth in clutch field goal attempts per game. Uh, Struce edition is supposed to help open things up for him. I like Mitchell at 17 to one for clutch player of the year, whatever the hell that is. Parley kid, sixth man award. Yes, yeah, six-man ward. This is my the first time I'll be talking about the Knicks uh, today. We've kept kind of kept quiet on our local team here. I'll take I'll take Emmanuel quickly at plus eight fifty to win the six-man award. Got hosed, robbed of this award last year. I don't know how he didn't win it over Brogdon. Uh, he was certainly uh, the sixth man of the year. Uh, he was minus three seventy late in the year last year. Didn't even win the award. He averaged 15 points a game, shot 45% from the field for the season. But after the All-Star break and the 22 games after it, Sal, he was 21, 4.5, and 4, and shot 40% from three-point range. I think he, uh, he basically starts off where he left off here this year. This guy is electric. Uh, the Garden loves him. Quickly has a big year off the bench for the Knicks. He's the sixth man. Take him at plus 850. I don't love this award because it, uh, first of all, it's weird because you could be a sixth man for three quarters of the year. And then you're thrown into like Westbrook was the favorite for a yeah, while. And then they're like, no, there's a percent. Like, there's, there's a percent. Now, there's a percent of games you could start because quickly did start a few games for Brunson last year. Right. And had awesome games. Like he did. I think there was right. a game. He was probably approached 50 points in a mm -hmm. game that he started last year. Um, maybe that hurt him in the long run, but uh, I think what's the percentage of that? I forget, but, um, quick, the Knicks, a, a deep where is this, he's going to be off the bench for most of the season. Yeah. It's just weird. Right. Cause I think Westbrook was favored for a while, Brian. And well, like, Westbrook was like minus bet. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the thing that sucks. And when you talk about getting refunds on bets, like those are right. ones that are a little like iffy that all of a sudden the guy is like minus 350. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're going to start this guy. Well, you know, he's, he gets yeah, traded yeah, and he's yeah. starting. You know, it's like if a Cy Young award winner gets like traded to from the AL to the NL and they can't win it anymore. I mean, that's kind of 
kind of what happens with that. So yeah, it's a little tricky, but I do like, I do like that because I, I like Darren was saying, I, unless, unless something happens to somebody on the Knicks, he's, he's going to be so coming off the I, bench. I'm rating it right now. You have to come off the bench for more games than you start. Then you start. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's what I'm reading. Yeah, that's all right. pretty simple. That's pretty simple. So come once on. you get past forty one, uh, you know, forty two. Although I think 40, I think whatever it is. So I think Brogdon almost always came off the bench last year too. Like uh, I think he, he never should have won that award though. No, well, no definitely not. I mean, look. He, so now you have Drew Holiday at nineteen to one. That guy's not going to start for them. Some a people lot of games. are saying yeah. he might come off the bench to start the season for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, you're right. Word, there should be kind of like a refund here. This might be probably one of those bets we talked about where you could get guys in the 20 to one range. Uh, but quickly is, mm. uh, yeah, uh, definitely going to, uh, definitely going to, uh, contribute right there in the sixth spot. Um, all right. Uh, Harry, what do you got? Oh, did you give us yours? No coach of the year. No. Coach of the year, Monty Williams is out in Phoenix. Frank Vogel is in at 16 to 1. He won the title with the Lakers in 2020. Five of his six years at Indianapolis, he had a record of over 500. He's going to win a ton of games in Phoenix with the with what he has here. Vogel at 16 to 1. New diff, new attitude with Phoenix. 16 to 1. I like all it. All Phoenix all the time. He wore orange, you mm. understand, Parley Kid. It's very rare that we get to see Harry in orange. So <laughs> That's uh, just for this podcast. Uh, all right, Bri, uh, we didn't get to Darren you. Darren says right? I need teams. So. <laughs> no, we Mobley. didn't. Look, I, I'm doing. I'm repeating a lot of these things. I had one B twice. I'm going Mobley. Defense. You guys gave me Defensive Player of the Year, so I'm taking him at plus seven hundred. Um, I think. Look, to win this award, it's not something all of a sudden you could be. You can just jump in and all of a sudden be the Defensive Player of the Year. You have to be in the mix the year before. Mobley finished third last year, and if I recall. Wasn't this one of those that Bill really loved Mobley late in the season, right? When you looked at a lot of his yeah, numbers, yeah. I think I, right. I, I think Simmons right. really liked him a lot. And look, the one thing you could say with him is he led the league in defensive wins per share, uh, defensive win shares, I should say, last year. And look, I have no idea what that means. I have absolutely no idea what that means. But it it really, I mean, it sounds like it's the best defensive player on the floor, right? Like, and even even if your blocks and your other numbers aren't as high. Um, so I know, yeah, he might only be blocking one and a half shots per game, whereas Jackson's getting three. But again, he's more effective defensively on the floor. I don't, I don't see Jackson winning back to back here. So I, I like Mobley at seven to one. Yeah. So Jackson had three hundred ninety-one votes, right? Uh, Brooke Lopez had three hundred nine. Yeah. And Evan Mobley had a hundred and one. Came yep. on strong at the end. Lopez now is twenty to one. It's interesting that he would have so many votes. I get it. It's a different uh, scheme for him now, but yeah. uh, should he be that high for a guy who had I mean, that many yeah, votes? The odds don't make sense. Although you never would have thought he was going to potentially win it last year. Right. Like right. Going into last year. I was like, uh, if you told me Lopez was going to win defensive player of the year, I said, yeah, no, lost no by way. Eight, well, I got it. Yeah. I guess the five, the close. first place votes matter. Though. Yeah. But it was yeah. close. All right. Uh, so that's it. I think we got through it all. Not except for our, my heart to heart with coaching legend, PJ Carlissimo. That's coming back when we return on Against All Odds. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. All right, we're back with more Against All Odds. What a treat this is. Our next guest, I could be here all day listing his credits. 39 years of coaching experience, both in the NBA and in college, where he led the Seton Hall Pirates to a championship game, assistant for the 92 Dream Team. See, here I go. Now you can hear him as an analyst for ESPN Radio. Opening night, Lakers, Nuggets, pound for pound. In my book, the greatest bearded head coach of all time, P.J. Carly Samoa's here. What's happening, P.J.? Well, not much. I'm getting ready to get going. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Great to have you. Listen, we'll get to the NBA and the tremendous job you do as an analyst in a minute. But I have to ask you, was there anything in life better than Big East basketball, mid 80s to mid 90s? Anything in the world? No, uh, I don't think so, to be honest with you. Although the 92 uh, didn't contribute a lot, but hanging out with uh, Chuck Daly and uh, the 92 Dream Team was uh, oh, yeah. was close. But uh, the 12 years I spent at Seton Hall were just fantastic. And uh, the school uh, was unusual to stay with this as long as they did. It took us a while to get the get it turned. But once we did, we had it. We had a pretty good run and we're able to keep the, the local kids home. And it's uh, thinking back to that, the, the early Big East and the job Dave Gavitt did and uh. especially the. Uh, the four guys, unfortunately, we got a, a bunch of them not here anymore, but John Thompson and uh, Rowley and Jim Beheim and, and Lou Karnaseka primarily, uh, mm -hmm. along with the great players. that they, they made that league something special. They really did, and don't sell yourself short. You did as well. In fact, I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't mean to, but I'm going to do it. Your Mount Rushmore of Big East teams, let's say from 84 to 94, we'll put, we'll put you on there because you deserve it anyway. You beat Indiana and Duke back-to-back. -back. Uh, that alone should get you on there, but getting to the finals. So you're on there. Who else do you throw? Well, the, the, the national champion teams, Georgetown team that won it, they came so close a, a couple of times. I live in Seattle now, where ironically is, is where our final four uh, run that a championship game was. And then we were back there in the Elite Eight two years later. So this city has been good to me from a college standpoint. Um, John's championship team, which was here in Seattle, um, Rowley's uh, run in, in Lexington was just incredible. And, and of course, uh, Louie and John were a big part of that also. Uh, and then uh, Jim Beheim's team. So, I mean, you know, to me, I'm, I'm going to put the teams that won championships. Jim's was probably a little bit later. Uh, by then I was I was in the NBA, but he and uh, Jerry McNamara remind me about it every time I see them. So uh, <laughs> I, they certainly deserve it. What was special about the league was it was so deep. I mean, for a, for a college league, oh, you yeah. know, five, six, seven, eight teams, you know, worthy of going to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we had that run. They had the run. We were not one of the three teams, but we were in the league when. Villanova, Georgetown, and St. John's went in Lexington. And I honestly thought 89, we ended up, Sal, being the only one there. But we won on Saturday. You know, there, there's two semis, two uh, region elite eights on Saturday and two on Sunday. Right. And it was ourselves in Michigan. 
that won on Saturday. And Saturday night, I talked to Jim Beheim on the phone and we texted with John Thompson and they were expected. People thought Syracuse was going to beat Illinois and they lost on, I think, the last possession. And most people thought that Georgetown was going to beat Duke in the Meadowlands, ironically. Right. And we're sitting there Saturday night saying, wow, this might be another three teams in the Big East uh, in, in the Final Four. But it didn't work out. But the league was that good. Uh, it was just a combination of the players that we had in the league at that time. And it started at the same time as as ESPN. And it was one of those really unique situations. ESPN needed the programming. Obviously, they liked where the teams were located. And the Big East needed exposure. And, you know, now, I, you know, I, I think people that are a lot younger than me, um, they just – you don't realize years ago how different it was. There were very few games on TV. Now there's – you know, yeah. eighth grade games, junior high school games are on TV. <laughs> you, can't, you can't find a game that's not on TV or streaming somewhere. But in those days, there wasn't, there weren't that many games on TV. And we had a majority of it. And, you know, I've lived in the West Coast for most of my MBA career. All, you know, all of my college career was, was right around the New York metropolitan area uh, with one year in New Hampshire as the exception. But I, I can't tell you how many people, uh, Players, players in the league right now, guys that are already retired, a lot of them still coaching, talk about when they would come home from school, living in the West and watch the Big East. Big Monday, you know, that kind of started it all. Now you can't turn on a TV that there's not games available to you, but it wasn't yeah. like those days. Big Monday was huge. Uh, you know, CBS Saturday after Sunday afternoon, whatever you get, you know, Seton Hall, Georgetown exactly. was spectacular. But yeah, I don't know who you kick off. You're right. It was so deep. You have your team in 89, I would say, uh, 84, 85, Georgetown, Syracuse Orange, you know, with Derek Coleman in the late 80s. And then again, 92, 93, that team went far with, uh, you know, Lawrence Moton, Archery Wallace, and then St. John's. So you mentioned Carnesecca. St. John's and Mully's teams were so good. Any any Chris Mullen, Patrick Ewing, Eddie Pinckney team, those teams were nationally good. And and in those days, Dave convinced us that the formulas changed a little bit about what it, you know, to, to get into the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. uh, and to get seated. Um, Dave David convinced people that you had to play good people. So it wasn't just the, the league games. I right. think it was 16 league games when we were there. There were nine teams for a while. Um, but those league games were the best preparation you could possibly have. And you mentioned the, the CBS games. Uh, there's no question. Uh, Lenny DeLuca and, uh, Kevin, those guys booked those games. Dave said, Hey, you got to play good people. They didn't hurt you. You, you know, the, the quality of the schedule was such that when you got to the NCAA tournament, it was just a continuation of what you dealt with during the regular season. You'd played in those big buildings. Dave moved everybody out after a couple of years in the big East, there was no more playing in Walsh Auditorium or, or, or Robert Center or McDonough gym or the Villanova Fieldhouse. It was all, you know, a carrier dome or Madison square garden right. or the metal hands or, uh, you know, cap center for, uh, for Georgetown. So uh, Dave Gavitt was just so smart uh, in, in so many ways, but he, I think more than anybody else helped create the league, but he also helped the various teams in the league and the coaches and players excel nationally because he understood what it took to be great yeah. in college basketball.
go back and watch the uh, ESPN. Not you, PJ. My, I'm talking to my the idiots listening who have not um, checked it out yet. The uh, it was the birth of the. I'm going to get the title wrong, but it was basically the birth of the Big East in the early years. And and Dave and it, it uh, what you talking about? Dave O'Neill wrote a great book too. And, and I'll tell you, yeah. uh, just talking to people, the memories are so good. And uh, you think back, and every once in a while, you'll watch a game that's on as a classic or something like that. And you just shake your head and say, boy, the teams then, I mean, it was a different era. There was, right. It wasn't one and done. So you had teams that were three or four years together. You had guys 22, 23 years old playing in, in you know, in those teams were just so good, so deep and so mm-hmm. competitive. Uh, it, it was a great era for college basketball. It was unheard of. Yeah. All right. So let's pivot to uh, NBA. Obviously excited about the season. Uh tipping off tonight or Tuesday night, some fun offseason action in the NBA. So who wow. would you say in the East is set up better as a result of the Dame Lillard, Jeru Holiday dealings, the Bucks or the Celtics, both odds wise, plus 175, I see to win the East. Well, you're splitting hairs. I I would give the Bucks a, a slight edge and it really is flip a coin. I, I think those two teams are uh, the, the East is good. Don't get me wrong. It's better than it's been, particularly last year. They were they were very, very good. They were deeper than they've been in a long time. This year, you got to say they're a little top heavy. Those two are so good. Um, I give the Bucks an edge because of the fact that they won it all. Uh, you know, the, the Celtics were in the finals, but uh, and, were, and, you know, we're knocking on the door again last year. Uh, but the Bucks had the best record in the league last year. Um, they made a change as a change. Uh, I, I didn't like the fact that they made a change. I'm, I'm biased. Both guys are good, good friends. I worked with Mike Budenholzer for five years in San Antonio to have the best record in the league and to get let go after winning a championship is ridiculous. Um, but Adrian Griffin, I recruited to Seton Hall, I had the privilege of coaching him. So it's great for him. But uh, I, I give them uh, a, a real tiny edge. Um, Boston getting Drew Holiday was huge because they lost an awful lot uh, in Marcus Smart. Uh, I, I really think Brad Stevens has a great understanding and has done a good job in the front office, not just as a coach. But uh, I, I think the Porzingis thing, I'm not 100% on board, but I trust Brad knowing his team and knowing what what they needed to be successful. Uh, so I, I like them an awful lot. The two of them are just so good. Barring injury, uh, it's hard for me to imagine somebody else being in the Eastern Conference final. But we probably would have said this and then the heat uh, just slapped everyone around, wow. right? So it's so They don't so count. Weird. You put them, there's right. 29 teams and then <laughs> there's Spo and Pat Riley and, and Jimmy Butler and what they're, do, what they're doing down there. But yeah. uh, I just think, I think they've taken a, uh, taking a little bit of a hit. And I just think, quite frankly, as good as they are, their roster is not as good and not as deep uh, as Boston or Milwaukee's. Absolutely. So now in the West, um, you have Beal, Booker, and Durant challenging Denver, who just annihilated everybody. And odds-wise, they're neck and neck, uh, plus 270 to make the finals. Who do you give the edge there? Uh, Denver for sure because they, they you know they they're the defending champ because they got the best player in the league in, in Nikola Jokic and I think if if Jamal Murray is healthy and plays the whole year which a lot of people forget he wasn't healthy for a good chunk of last year he played great obviously in the playoffs but I think a a healthier um, Jamal Murray uh, I, I still think they're the team to beat there's, there's question marks in Phoenix you you love when you start with those three guys. How good can they be defensively? 
Um, it, Frank Vogel did, didn't do a good job, did a great job winning a championship with LA, another guy that should not have been let go and, uh, but, but was, but Frank will do a very good job there. Um, KD to me is still, I was lucky enough to coach him, uh, when he was a rookie here in Seattle. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's still, you're in a game. KD is the guy is one guy that I would give the ball to when the game is on the line. He does so many, he can shoot it outside. He can put it on the floor. He makes all his free throws and he's done it before he's won championships. He's a, he's a primetime player. And he's to me still in his prime. Uh, they were in the Phoenix was in the finals a couple of years ago. It was a different team when, right. when uh, Monty was coaching, but that team got to the finals. A lot of people forget uh, they they lost to Milwaukee. I think they're very good. Some people are sleeping on Memphis. If uh, if Stephen Adams is healthy, uh, Marcus yeah. Smart's going to make a big difference with them. Uh, I, I you know I I think uh, there's different guys I think going to really make a difference with team. Grayson Allen's going to help Phoenix an awful lot. I thought he was a key player for Milwaukee last year. I think he will be um, for Phoenix. Memphis is very very good. They're gonna they're gonna miss. Uh, you know, they, they gave up a, a couple. There's no, no question they gave up a couple, but they played such a big chunk last year without BC, without Brandon Clark and without Steven Adams. Uh, I, I like them a lot. They've won 50. They haven't advanced in the playoffs. I think they got beaten the first round, maybe two of the last three years. And as good a job as Taylor Jenkins has done, that's the next step for them. But I, I think Memphis is very, very good. The, the West is so much deeper. So, I mean, you could yeah. literally go 10, 11 teams at least deep in the West and say all these guys are capable of making the playoffs. And there's probably four or five of them that are capable of getting to the Western Conference Finals. Now, I don't know. I don't think there's four or five that can win the whole thing, but right. there's four or five that can get to the Western Conference Finals and knock off, you know, one of these other teams. I, I, I just don't think you have guys head and shoulders above the remainder of the conference as, as you do have in the East. Yeah. It looked like for a minute, Atlanta was going to be that team you're talking about who could compete or the Knicks or, but I feel like they, you know, they, they're exciting first round matchup teams. And uh, that's about that. Right. I, I like Cleveland. I, you know, I, I thought Cleveland. Cleveland was, was ready to play better. Like, you know, people forget Cleveland won 50 games. There was four teams in the East won 50 games last year. Yeah. Cleveland was one of those. I think they had four or five more wins than the Knicks, but they couldn't handle it. And it really wasn't close. I mean, we did two of those games, Mark Kestershire, myself on ESPN radio early. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you, you kind of felt even two games in, you said, wow, uh, the, the Knicks are the better team. They were a better playoff team for sure. Uh, I do think Cleveland's capable of making that next jump. Um, Their front I love Evan Mobley. Uh, you know, I, I think that their their front court's got to play a little bit better. Donovan Mitchell can't ask him to do much more than he did. But I, I think Cleveland deserves the three slot. Miami, put them in wherever you want. I mean, you know, nobody can sleep on them. I like Tibbs' team. It's another team with a, a, an acquisition that I think is going to make a huge difference. Dante DiVincenzo. I like what they have coming back. Yeah. Um, I, I think Dante's going to help them an awful lot. I, I think from the outside, uh, only Tibbs could say that. He, to me, is a Tom Thibodeau player. I think he's going to flourish uh, in, in New York. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, the, the big guy's got to carry him. He's been so good 
you know, mm-hmm. in and out. I mean, that, that really is what it comes down other than health. I mean, we should have just said this whole thing comes down to health every sure. year. The team that wins it is usually the luckiest or one of the healthiest teams in the league. Um, I, I, I think that's going to be important um, for anybody. But uh, I, I think barring barring that, I think the Knicks, you know, the Knicks are ready to make a move. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, one guy who, I don't know, should be able to make a move himself, but obviously controversy surrounds him every year. Uh, James Harden. Will anyone win an NBA championship with James Harden on their roster? I feel like you have to lay $5 to win one if you say no. Well, I tell you, he, he, he's been so good uh, on, on a number of different teams. He's such a talent, but he, he he's, plays a unique style. He doesn't have to have the ball the entire game, which he had in Houston, and, he, and he's had at times. You saw him with some other, not a lot, but you saw him with some other great players in Brooklyn. Um, they, they were good. That's another 50 win team last year, but again, they couldn't, they couldn't get past the second round. I, right. I think some of that falls on Joel, to be honest with you, as, as good as, as good as he's been, um, you know, that's what separates the great players. Uh, they, they carry their teams. Uh, don't, you know, don't forget Jimmy Butler was there. There's been some other guys that were there and, and Philadelphia's moved them on and Joel's been there all the time. And he, you know, he always has something to say about, you know what, what they should have done, or this or that. Uh, you got to do it yourself. Uh, I think when you know well, that's what separates a Durant, a LeBron, now a Jokic, because because they have done it. A Steph Curry. Uh, you know they make the other guys on their team better, and instead of coming up with excuses, you kind of drag everybody else along with you. But uh, James is a tough one, and more so now, as close as you could make the case, Philadelphia is. What happens if he goes? I mean, there's no question. Everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Um, even if he ends up where he wants to be in L.A., I don't know what they're going to be able to get back. I don't think it's going to match the level. You, you yeah. can criticize James Harden for a, a number of things and, and disrupting the teams and, and what it's been like. It's been hard to count on him, but you can't take away the talent. And I don't know that it's possible they can get – uh, anything approaching equal talent for James. That's a good point. Yeah, you can't just cut these guys. You have to get something in return. Um, better get a lot in return. Let me ask you about Rookie of the Year. Is this a one-man race with Wemby, or does the 65-game threshold make it interesting for big guys? Do you, even, do you like the 65-game threshold, or um, what do you think for this? I, I do like it, but again, I'm you know I'm an old fogey, and I'm I'm more conservative. I like it the way it was. I mean, you know, I remember all the years when I was lucky enough to be sitting next to Pop and uh, mm-hmm. Tim. We knew Tim Duncan was going to play 70, 75, 80 games, and you know that that Michael did that. That's what LeBron did for most of his career. That that was one of the things you used to value about players. You said, "I'm this is not only our best guy. We're going to have him night in, yeah. night out." And not only are we going to have him for a big chunk of the regular season, he's going to be ready to play all two months of the of the playoffs. He's going to be good in April. He's going to be good in May. And he's going to be good in June. And, you know, Pop, you know, gets some, in some sense, credit. Some people blame him, say, oh, well, let's start it with all the rest. And guys, if you look at Timmy's games, he played top. Pop managed his minutes really well. And uh-huh. Pop always believed that, you know, he knew the Spurs were good enough 
to be playing in May and June. So, yeah, he rested guys. But if you look at the games played, it, they didn't take a lot of nights off. Every once in a while they did, and those are the ones people focus on. But I just think he managed minutes better. Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction what the league's trying to do. It's going to be really interesting to see how it evolves because it's a work in progress. You know, there's no absolutes right. right now. There is an absolute amount of games they want to play. But, you know, years ago, you wouldn't have been saying, oh, he played 65 games. That's unbelievable. You know, <laughs> now that that's going to be a new threshold. So now um, it is unbelievable. The other way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah right. But, yeah. but to work it out with with the teams, the, the, the coaches and players in particular from the teams and what the league's going to be happy with and trying to keep the both the fans and the, and the TV networks. And I'll, I'll do a commercial for ESPN radio also, uh, yeah. but, but more so obviously they want to keep the TV networks happy. They want the owners to be happy, but bottom line, the fans don't want to be shelling out the money. They're shelling right. out, not see the primetime players. But so I know the NBA toyed with the idea in the offseason of policing players' decisions to sit out for non-injury purposes. I don't see how. I see why, but I don't see how they can enforce this. Am I crazy, or is there any no, way to? No, it's going to be yeah. virtually impossible. You know, I mean, they're going to need, you right. know, a committee of ten NBA doctors who, you know, uh, who have say over the local team's doctors. I mean, right. It's so hard. Injuries are. I mean, I, you know, I've been lucky enough, always the levels I coached at, at at Wagner, at Fordham, at Seton Hall, and obviously everywhere in the NBA, I've always had the best, you know, medical both trainers and doctors. My answer was always the same. Tell what do you think? I, I didn't even get involved. Sometimes the players say, I want to play. No, it's not up to you. It's up to the trainer. Uh, mm -hmm. It's up to the, it's up to the, uh, to, to the doctors. You cannot win with that. If a player doesn't feel he's capable of playing, uh, that he's not healthy enough to play, there's nothing, there's nothing you can say or do. You, you, you just, you, you're not going to win that argument. Right. And you're not going to win arguments with a doctor who knows a player and who's treated him for years or a trainer who's with them day in and day out. Somebody's not going to come in and examine a guy over the weekend or do whatever the hell he's going to do. MRIs, x-rays, whatever it is and say, he's good to play. It just doesn't work that way. Well, you know, which leads me to my next thing with this midseason NBA tournament. I don't know if you figured it out or not. Now the financial incentive is great. And, but I'm looking at the odds, the odds favor the better teams to run away with this. Uh, they're juiced up. You can get Milwaukee or Boston at almost 10 to 1, which makes me think they anticipate not everyone is going to give their best. How would you as a coach approach this midseason? Well, tournament? let me preface it by saying, Sal, uh, when Adam had the idea and Adam was was the, the one pushing for it, the play-in mm. games, I was like, mm. You know, I respect Adam Silver, not a little, enormously. I, I think he's been talking about a tough act to follow. You follow David Stern, and basically the league hasn't missed the beat, which right. is incredible, in a, to in a totally different managerial uh, way. Uh, but Adam's brilliant. But when he had the play-in games, I said, I, I don't know if this is going to go. Well, guess what? It was it was brilliant. Right. Uh, it helped with the with, – with, People not playing at the end of the year and teams supposedly tanking. I always hated that word because I, I always felt the players and coaches were still going to try and win the games. But uh -huh. be that as it may, I thought it was a brilliant move. I kind of feel the same way about the in-season tournament. It doesn't appeal to me all that much. We're, we're going to be there. Kessie and I are going to be there for both semis in Las Vegas on uh, December 7th and the final on December 9th. 
And I'm ready to be saying again, you know, Adam was right and I was wrong. Uh, this thing really did catch on. The, the fans are going to love it. Um, I, I don't think any of them could tell you what five teams are in their uh, groups and and how it's going to play out. Right. It, it is going to make these games. We're doing we're doing a game. We're doing Cleveland at Philadelphia. I'm going to get the date wrong. I'm going to say November 21st. I think it's a Tuesday night in Philadelphia. It's one of the it's one of the games that's going to count as part of the tournament. So mm-hmm. I think that does spice it up a little bit. But I, but uh, I, it remains for me to be seen. The the money is significant money to a lot of the players in the league. To the elite players in the league, it's not. I know that's a stupid statement, but right. the really elite guys, um, they're not going to play better because of the, they're going to play better because they want to win the damn thing, uh, especially the, the the four teams that get to Las Vegas. They're going to be playing to win it. Uh, maybe some of the assistant coaches, maybe some of the players f- farther down the bench are going to be saying, wow, we got to, this is unbelievable. It's, it's a, you know, uh, a windfall of, of money, but the, the, the primetime players, that's not going to be, uh, yeah. I think they needed to do it the way they're doing it, but that's not going to be motivation for them. They're going to, going to buy into this tournament. And one year is not enough to say, I can't really remember back the first year of the play in, whether it was, you know, everybody immediately said this is a resounding success. I think now they are. And particularly yeah. when you look at what Miami did and teams are starting to do now, showing that you can come out of, you know, come out of the play in games and advance. Uh, I think the same thing with the the in-season tournament. I think to be fair, we're going to have to wait a few years to to evaluate it. But uh, I'm ready to admit again, I'm wrong. Adam's <laughs> right, and he figured it out. I'm a hundred percent with you with uh, with the uh, you know potential this midseason tournament and in-season tournament has, and uh, especially what you said about the um, play-in. So that's why it bothered me so much with what Mark Cuban pulled with Dallas at the end. Like they're giving you a shot. Anybody can make it. Forget the part where I had money on Dallas to make the playoffs, but just to (laughs) give up like that, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. So blatant, right? Like I like to think like you, that there isn't tanking in the NBA, but when something like that happens, it's hard to deny it. Well, there's no, you know, I mean, teams, you, you get some teams and I, and I, I wonder like, you know, the, the what's ownership or, you know, they're saying yeah. the guy, we got to arrest this guy or saying to the doctors, let's shut him down. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that um, the reality, Wemby's an exception. Uh, we should go back to talk about that rookie of the year thing, because that, that's really an amazing thing with uh, he and Holmgren and Scoot, whoever else is going to be in the mix. But yeah, um, I, I just, uh, you're not you're not winning because of rookies anymore. I mean, you know, it's great, but I mean, they're coming in. They're so young. They're not ready to play. The league has changed so much because we got so many young players in the league. So many of the coaches, when you talk to them, and and a lot of it they cannot say publicly, but they're just pulling their hair out because the kind of coaching in the league now uh, is is so much more rudimentary because you got guys coming in and aren't ready to play. They're not even ready to play in college. You know, in the old days, you used to say he's a freshman, he's not ready. I mean, you had the exceptional guys and then maybe sophomore year. These guys are playing on NBA rosters right now. Mm -hmm. So I I think in a sense, um, maybe people have realized the draft is not the be all and the end all. Don't get me wrong. It's important. If I'm a general manager, you you know, you want to take advantage of it, but you look at the teams that win, and you look at, you know, the rosters every year we have the, you know, the first opening day, the rosters, what, what the age is, 
It's always one of the two or three oldest teams that wins the damn thing every That's year. True. You're not going to win in the playoffs without experience. I do think you you build through the draft. I think it's important, but um, I, I I think that settled down a little bit. It'll be interesting if um, you know. To me, they're they're less going after tanking now than they they're going after load management. Uh, and I think the league surprised some outside people the fact that they did it as aggressively as they did. You know, all of a sudden, you know, people were talking about like, well, what are they going to do? Boom. Um, they came with what could be some pretty heavy duty legislation. Now, let's see it as as it unfolds. Right. Uh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, a couple more things before I let you go. You alluded to that 92 dream team. Was that a dream job? I mean, I don't want you to rank your accomplishments, but as far as easiest gig and greatest return, was that I, number yeah, one? How, how does I, that get better? That was not an accomplishment for me. That was a uh, treat that, that that I got to be there. I think Mike Mike K would say the same. It was Chuck was the head coach, Lenny Wilkins, Mike Shashevsky, uh-huh. and myself were lucky enough to all be coaches on that team. Uh, I, you know, we said it. Um, a lot of people could have won with that team. I don't know that anybody would have done as good a job as Chuck. Chuck just handled it from day one when we came together in in San Diego. And people forget it was such a good time. We had lost an 88 in Korea. You had a number of guys on that team and people forget this. Michael Michael and Patrick and Chris had played in 84 and won in Los Angeles for Bob Knight. Uh, David had played in 88 and lost in Korea mm-hmm. playing for coach Thompson. Um, I think that was it. These other guys thought their Olympic time had come and gone. You had guys that were late cuts a John Stockton, a Charles Barkley. You had guys like Clyde Drexler and uh, Carl Malone and some of these other players. I'm forgetting I, Scotty Pippen. And, yep. and in those days, your little window was when, you know, the Olympics came up. If you were like a junior or senior in college and good enough to make the team, that was it. If it didn't, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, how's that for forgetting two guys? Crazy. I mean, that's yeah. two guys that never thought they'd play in the Olympics. So for this team, these guys were so psyched, so proud to be a part of a team that had USA on the chest and to play in an Olympics that they had never dreamt they would get that opportunity to play in, that it was just that they were so professional. They worked so hard. People didn't believe it, but they practiced hard. One of the things I did was I was in charge of scouting and putting together a little scout tapes. They listened. Didn't matter. Wow. We knew we were 30 or 40 points better. They wanted to know, <laughs> you know, does this guy go left? Who's a good shooter? Things like that. They were not going to accept anything but not just winning, but dominating defensively, offensively, rebounding. Uh, it, it was it was amazing, you know, it'll, and it'll never be duplicated because each succeeding yeah. time it gets tougher and tougher. You know, we saw that with Pop's team in China in the World Cup and Steve Kerr's team in the Philippines in the World Cup. But Pop's team found a way to win in Tokyo. It's going to be a big challenge for Steve next year. I think they can get it done, but they we can't keep sending the young teams to the world championships. They're not good enough to win the world championship. Yeah. You need the honchos. You know, all these guys stepped up and said after we got beat, oh, I'm ready for, you know, for the Olympics. The fact that they weren't ready and they didn't play in the world championships is why. But again, they accomplished what they needed to do. We, we qualified. Everybody, people don't understand that qualification thing. Ironically, in 92, we had to go to a qualifying tournament. Everybody forgets, but we played in a tournament in the Americas in Portland in 92 before we went to Barcelona 
because mm-hmm. the qualification uh, process was different. We hadn't won the gold medal in 88, which used to matter. And we, had, we hadn't won any other qualifying tournament. So we had to qualify in the Tournament of the Americas. What Pop's team did in China and Steve's team did in Philippines, they qualified us for the Olympics. So, right. you know, we're there. That's the good news. Uh, now we got to get the honchos to play uh, for Steve Kerr. Yeah. And now you, I mean, you have a gold medal, right? Obviously from that. Uh, no, you know, but everybody always says that. No, coaches what? don't get medals. We get oh, rings, for God we get watches, but the 12 players get the medals. And you think, you know, any other uh, sport, whether it's swimming or track, the coaches don't get the medal. The players get the medal and and, that, and that's fine. But uh, we got to be there. We got to hear the anthem played. That was uh, more than enough, but no, like a lot of I'll people tell you said, what, I don't like that. Medal. No, I don't like that uh, at 12, all. 12 medals, the 12 players. I was going to ask you how much you would sell it for, but now I'm going to go the <laughs> other way. Cause I went on eBay and saw that there is a 92 gold medal, not for basketball, uh, on sale for $7,500. I feel like you should, you should gobble wow. that up and just like, Hey, I'm, here's yeah, my I'm gold shocked. medal. I thought you were going to come with a much higher number. Well, that's, you know, it's weird be, because there are ticket stubs to the dream team games going for like 300 grand. But if you just want yeah. a basic gold medal from the 92 <laughs> Olympics, we can get you one coach. I really think we can 7,500. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> I, I, I would, I, I'd appreciate that, but no, it's, it's, uh, you know, in, in the team sports, by that, I mean, like basketball or baseball, you know, people yeah. like assume, well, yeah, the coach gets it, but they don't track and field or, you know, any other. Uh, it's about it's about the athletes. It's not about the coach. Interesting. Yeah. Everything else. The water boy gets a Super Bowl ring and everything. NBA t- championship <laughs> ring, I imagine, uh, goes goes pretty deep, too. Um, you coach Denzel Washington at Fordham. Uh, what what happened? He couldn't put you in. He got game. Couldn't couldn't uh, reciprocate. No, Thank Denzel's you. been great. He's been great to me. He's been great to Fordham. He's been great to the Boys and Girls Club more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, he's a great family guy. He has not changed. He was on. He came in right after, right when the rule changed. I graduated in '71, mm-hmm. and when I played, when I was a freshman at Fordham, freshmen still couldn't play varsity. Freshmen, you know, we're not eligible. Remember uh, in yeah. those days called Lou Alcindor, you know, Kareem's freshman team. A lot of people thought they were the best team in the country, the UCLA freshmen. Uh, but yeah. uh, it changed right after that. And we, we instead of calling it the freshman team, we called it sub-varsity. Denzel played for two years. Denzel's a good player. Uh, people said to me, how good a player is? Not a good player for Division One. He's a good right. player for an Academy Award winning actor. He's about <laughs> as good as you can get. He's a very good player. But he's uh, he was a heck of an athlete. He's from Mount Vernon. People forget that. He's from Mount Vernon. Uh, a couple of his kids were really good players. Uh, I remember he came to, I'll, I'll make it short, he came to a dream team practice, not a dream team practice, an Olympic team practice when Mike K was coaching. I'm going to say it was 08. Maybe it was 12, but I think it was 08. I think it was Mike's first team or his second team. And Denzel called me. He had flown all night, literally across the world, because his son was playing an AAU tournament in Las Vegas. And he came in to see his last game, flew all night, like 20-some hours. I forget what movie he was doing, wherever it was. And he came in, and I get a call in the room, and he goes, I was coaching the young team, the select, they call it, to play against the Mm -hmm. Olympic team, get them ready, play zone, you know, so Mike can work with his 12 guys, and they got somebody to go against in practice. It's the way they get – the young players right into Jerry Colangelo always used the term, get them in the pipeline. They, they play and then eventually maybe they're good enough to play on the big team. But Denzel said, Hey, can, can we come to watch practice? I said, uh, 
I can't say, <laughs> I, I got to check with Jerry and Mike, but I kind of think it's going to be okay. So right. Denzel came to practice with, uh, with his wife and, and with his kids. And it was so funny because all during the practice, guys are grabbing me, LeBron. I mean, guys on the team are grabbing me going, hey, can we meet LeBron? Can we meet Denzel after uh. practice? And Denzel <laughs> was there because he wanted his kids to meet the members of the team and, and Coach K. And it, it was really funny to see every player to a person. And we used to play anytime you played in L.A., whether you played the Clippers or the Lakers, uh, Denzel was often at the games and it never failed. If yeah. he was at the games and if, you know, if I'd see him or if the players knew that I knew him, they'd say, can we meet him? Can you introduce me to him? I mean, he's one of the best actors of all time. Sure. Believe me, Sal, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. Uh, he's such a great family guy and he's done so much good, not just for his industry, but for, you know, the Boys and Girls Club and, and still for Fordham University. Uh, it's a great thing. I believe it. Let me ask you this real quick. You uh, you swap Michael Jordan for Denzel Washington on the 92 Dream Team. Do they still bring back gold? Uh, yes. All yeah. right. As good as Michael was, there was enough other artillery there. Michael's the best. I would yeah. swap him for anybody. But uh, that team, that team could have lost, could have lost anybody. There there were enough spare parts there that Chuck would have found a way, believe me. They could have probably won four on five, right? I mean, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bet against them. There were yeah. one or two teams that would have made it interesting. Maybe in, in those days, uh, I think it was still called uh, Yugoslavia or Croatia, mm -hmm. Lithuania, but uh, not anybody else would have made it competitive for sure. Lakers Nuggets opening night ESPN radio. That's where you could hear the great PJ Carlissimo. Let's get him a gold medal. If you're uh, within the sound of my voice <laughs> and you have a spare gold medal for PJ, uh, he want, he's playing cool, but he wants one really bad. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Sal, great being with you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll be back with more against all odds right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. All right, so there you go. Boy, I'm getting notes already from people saying this was so much smoother. It was so much compact, more compact, so much more focused than the Simmons, Rosillo, Joe House. Mm -hmm. It hasn't even posted yet, Parley Kid. I'm getting rave reviews about this, but uh, hope you liked it. Well, we knocked it out. <laughs> we knocked it out in a, a little less time, but uh, and uh, now I have to go and, and bet all this, Bri, like a madman. Um. I the, well, you, the only thing is I can't bet the unders. I usually, you know, I bet the hockey players under and the baseball players under, they get you with the averages. The average is no yeah, way. You can't, you can't do that. You, you can't do that in the sport, but what's your biggest bet yeah. out of all the bets? What, what do you think your biggest one is? What's it going to be? Yeah. Uh, well, it's probably going to be Giannis, so I can complain more and more and more about it for MVP. What yeah. are you going to do? Maybe uh, Clippers. No. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, like I said, I like the most improved. I like those ones I think I'm going to put a little bit more on. I think those yeah. are more fun. Obviously, the the wins and, and the playoff teams, and, and I'll, I'll be betting right. a bunch on that. Um, but yeah, Paul, definitely most What's improved. your ride or die here? Uh, well, look, I, I'll go with my – I think my best – I'm really on the Tatum MVP pick. I think mm -hmm. the Celtics mm -hmm. are going to have close to a 60-win season. Uh, probably the best record mm -hmm. in the NBA. 
And uh, Tatum will be the leading All force right. behind that. So I think grab him now while you can get him at at the 750 I gave out. It's my best. I, I'm into that and, the most. And Harry, you like the Suns to go undefeated? Well, what's your best? <laughs> no, my actually my best, I think, is uh, I love Sacramento over 44 and a half. I like that. Again, I, I like think it. that number is low. Um, okay. Harrison Barnes is still on that team. He still gets 18 a game. And uh, Sabonis led the uh, NBA in rebounds. And um, I love the scene. All it's right, there you go. Too. We will be another fun watch. We're not, uh, we'll come up with a date, but we're going to do these race to tens uh, old school. Like we used to do them, I guess on Twitter, right? Parlay oh Kid? yeah. We usually do it on Tuesday, race to 10 yeah. Tuesday. TNT has a double header. We bet a team to score 10 points before the other team. Uh, and uh, yeah, we go, we go crazy. And, you know, Harry's usually on delay. That's usually a lot of fun. <laughs> you could see him laying shirtless in his bed watching. And uh, that part's not fun. But anyway, couch, we'll uh, have couch. that for you right there on the couch. Also, against the odds Wednesday, got a lot of football to talk about. Got a lot of baseball to talk about. We're going to recap the NFL Week 7. We're going to look ahead to Week 8. Maybe a World Series preview uh, going out there. And thank you to PJ Carlissimo. That's going to do it for another episode of Against All Odds. For Mikey Meatballs and the D3, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. You must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. You have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit C- ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.